Good evening once more, radio listeners. Welcome to the JVTC Radio Half Hour and our continuing saga of The Extraordinary Adventures of Arsène Lupin. On tonight's broadcast, we are pleased to present The Mysterious Traveler, the fourth tale in the daring escapades of our favorite gentleman burglar. A train is departing from Paris to Rouen, a normally quiet and uneventful passage. But on this trip, mystery lurks in one particular compartment. Let us join the scene now and discover what game is afoot. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to startle you. It's no bother at all. My wife here is a bit of a nervous traveler. I understand. I myself was seated in the compartment adjoining this one, quite enjoying my ride through the countryside. Until only moments ago, a party of seven men entered and began talking in loud, brutish voices, and moving about the space as though I were not there. Appalling. Quite. So you see, I had hoped to relocate to this cabin in order to pass the rest of the time peacefully. I hope I am not imposing. Not at all. We welcome the company, hmm? You see, dear, he is a gentleman of the first class. Well, coach class. <laughs> but I thank you for your courtesy. I apologize. Welcome. I am not myself after what occurred at the train station before we departed. Did something happen? I had completely no idea. My dear wife, Jasmine, always used to tell me that I would not know if a person was holding me at gunpoint. So in my own head I am. Well, I should hope you never come to such a moment. But yes, quite a to-do occurred. The word is that Arsène Lupin is aboard this train. Arsène Lupin? The infamous burglar, you mean? Why, I doubt that. I only read in this morning's paper that he was sentenced to 20 years hard labor. Yes, if he could be found. I highly doubt a man of his intelligence would show his face in public after such news. I heard that while being returned to the Santa after a trial, Lupin escaped and passed the time at a streetside cafe right out in the open. <laughs> the man certainly does make one smile at his daring do. Was he not spotted in Turkey? At least, that's what I read. Then again, Lupin is said to be part owner of Paris's several newspapers, so who knows what sources can be trusted. Uh, the fact is, there would be nowhere for Lupin to conceal himself on our little train. Now, if you'll excuse me, I feel a need to stretch these old legs of mine. But Louis... I'll only be gone for a short time. Uh, meeting a fellow of mine in the bar car. You are perfectly safe with this man here, Monsieur... Uh... Uh, Bellat. Guillaume Bellat. How do you do? I am Louis Renault, and this is my wife, Mathilde, whom I shall kiss upon the cheek. And hear no more of this Lupin silliness. Goodbye, dear. Lupin is on this train, I tell you. What makes you so sure? He was seen in the station waiting room, for one. 
and my husband, he is a director in the penitentiary service. The station master told him directly. One so tied up in capturing criminals. He does not seem bothered by the news. <laughs> That's Louis for you. He wouldn't be concerned if the train collided into the side of a mountain as long as he could light his favorite cigar from the fires of the wreckage. I see. Well, if Lupin is indeed a bald, I have no doubt he will be arrested by the time we reach Rouen. Uh, now, if you'll pardon me, I am very tired, and the gentle rocking of the train reminds me of when my mother lulled me to sleep on her lap. I do feel the weight upon my eyelids. But you must stay alert. What if Lupin is to enter this compartment and... and... assault me? I assure you, from what I know of him, he would have no interest whatsoever in such an action. Yes. Well, don't sleep too soundly. I shall only be a wink away. What's this? Madame Renault? What have you done to her? Ah, help! Unhand me! Hold still, damn you. Why are you tying me up like some common criminal? You, you, why, your face is familiar. Let her quiet you down. Now, what have we here in the lady's purse? She won't mind if I take a little peek, would you, miss? Out cold, so none the wiser. Jewels, some little trinkets. Ah, quite a nice purse. You don't mind if I smoke, do you? Aha! <coughs> Playing possum, eh? No matter. I'll soon be departing from your lovely presence. might think I'm crazy for jumping from a moving train over the Seine. But is it crazier to stay aboard and risk certain arrest? The train stops. I'd rather not wait around to find out why. Now if you'll excuse me, I'll take the lady's umbrella and your overcoat and wish you well. Is he gone? Oh, speak around the gag. Oh, let me remove the gag from your mouth. <laughs> Thank you. Now your wrists? No. No? You wish to remain bound? Yes. The police must see exactly what the rapscallion did to me. You see, Monsieur Bella, I was correct. Lupin is worse aboard this train. I've never heard of Lupin being violent, though. Gives the man a poor reputation. He's a thief, regardless, so his reputation is soiled from the start. Oh, my jewels! Why did he take mine of all the women on this train? Listen, when we arrive at the station, call for the police. Tell what the mysterious traveler took from you, as well as describing him. Soft hat, umbrella, yours. And overcoat, yours. Mine? No. I had none. 
I'm certain he didn't have one when he came in. Perhaps it was one a previous passenger had left on the rack. The point is, he left in an overcoat. And you must tell your name. First thing, your husband's position will ignite the zeal of the police. Of course! Where is Louis, I wonder? I hope he wasn't injured engaging in some fray with the assailant. Tell the police my name too, and that you know me. In a manner of speaking, we've only just met. It will expedite things. You want your jewels back or no? Then we must not waste time in sicking the peace on that mad dog. I understand. You are Guillaume Bella, the friend of my husband's. And you're sure the man who attacked you and stole your jewels was Arsène Lupin? Yes, of course. My husband over there talking to the station master is the director of the penitentiary service. So I am well versed on the likes of people such as Lupin. How can you be so sure? Because he was spotted at the station when we departed in a soft felt hat and... Soft, you say? No, madam. It was hard felt, like mine. Well, certainly, but he, he had on a great overcoat. Yes, that much is correct. A great overcoat with a black velvet collar. <sighs> and who is this man? A friend of my husband's, Guillaume Berlat. Monsieur... I attest to the fact that it was Arsène Lupin. There is no doubt about that. If we make haste, he can still be caught. Yes, well, I thought as much. So I rang Detective Justin Ganimard, who just so happens to be in the area. Does he? How convenient. It seems he has been hard on the heels of Arsène since his escape from the Sante. Tonight, he shall rearrest the gentleman burglar, thanks to me, and my men. Ganimard has been playing this cat-and-mouse game with Lupin for years, and the thief always manages to evade the detective. What if he tonight he does it again? All the more reasons we must not delay the train any longer than it already has been. If you both wouldn't mind waiting in a station master's office. My automobile is in the courtyard. I had it sent ahead by highway to meet me here. If you'd be so kind as to use it, we can try. It is a good idea, but... Two of my men have already set on a bicycle. Where did they go? To the start of the tunnel, which is likely the direction the man took. There, they would gather evidence, secure witnesses, and follow the track of this fugitive. Your men will not find any witnesses or evidence. Oh, no. Really? Lupin will not allow anyone to see him emerge from the tunnel. He will take the first road. To reward. Whereupon? He will not go to Rouen either. Then he will remain in the vicinity where his capture will even be more certain. No, he will not do that either. Monsieur Ballot, you are starting to irritate me with your suppositions and beliefs that you are a member of my constabulary. Now, I am asking you to step aside and let the expertise of those in my employ, as well as the soon-arriving Ganimard, handle the fleeing Lupin. The same Ganimard who has let Lupin slip through his fingers on numerous occasions? Well, yes, but... Would you not like to color this criminal on your own? 
Why hand over the acclaim that will certainly follow Lupin's capture to this Ganymald when you are the one doing all the legwork? Hmm. I'm glad you see my point. Therefore, I will tell you that at the present moment, your culprit is prowling around the station at Danatal. At 10.50, which is only 20 minutes from now, he will board the train to Amiens. And how did you come by this knowledge? While he was in our train car, he consulted my railway map. Why did he do it? Was there not far from the spot where he planned to abscond another line of railway, another station, and another train departing shortly? I found there was. <laughs> Excellent deduction, sir. Marvellous. I congratulate you on your skill. Nothing stimulates the comprehension of a crime more than the loss of a pocketbook and the desire to recover it. Now, if you lend me two of your men, we may be able to... You wouldn't be telling me how to do my job, would you, Bella? Heavens no! Yet, Lupin has the jump on us and our plan to beat out Ganymald must be executed quickly. Hmm. Very well. Please go to your vehicles, and I'll have two of my men join you there directly. Monsieur Berlat, this is a fine vehicle. I must say, when I was told I was going to be chasing after Lupin in a Moreau Lepton, I was delightfully surprised at the turn my evening had taken. I agree! It is a motor car unlike any other! 35 horsepower! But you, Detective Delviet and Massol, your help is incalculable. Without your guidance, I surely would have been lost on these dark back roads. Tell us, Monsieur Berlat, what is your stake in the arrest of Lupin? You said he only took 12,000 francs from you, no? For a man driving a Moreau Lepton, that is but a trifle. You'd think so, but 12,000 today, 12,000 tomorrow, it adds up considerably. Look, there, the station at Danital. It looks like we have just missed the connecting train by a hair. The timetable you showed us indicates that its next stop is at Monterrey Boucher in 19 minutes. If we do not reach there before Lupin, he can go any number of directions and be lost to us. The Royale is how far? I'm not familiar with these parts. Visiting friends, you see. I'd say 23 kilometers, give or take. 23 kilometers in 19 minutes? In this car! We'll be there ahead of him! <laughs> then let us fly! Join the Shakespeare Virtual Theatre Company from April 22nd to 29th for the Bard's Birthday Bash 2022, our yearly celebration of William Shakespeare's birthday. This year, we feature The Comedy of Errors, directed by Joe Chance Dudley of the Dollar Shakespeare Company. The Comedy of Errors streams for just $5 on demand from April 22nd to 29th. Get your tickets at www.shakespearevtc.com errors. We can look in the windows and spy on him before he dis disembarks. I can do one better and get ahead of the train in order to confront him on the platform. The train has arrived. Quick, to both ends of the platform. Box him in.
Do you see him at your end? Nothing here. You, Monsieur Balak? No. He must have recognized me in the automobile as we were racing side by side, and he leapt from the train. Huh. There he is now, crossing the track. What is it? Why have you stopped? He's just ahead. Indeed. After such a run, our friend must be out of wind. He is trapped. Ahead lies only a steep cliff with a line of trees on both sides. Is that so? Then listen, compatriots. This shall be our plan. Delivet, you cut to the left along the tree line. You, Massol, the right. That way, he will have nowhere to go but straight. That is where I will confront him and deliver him towards one side or the other. Here then, my pistol. Should you need us, fire it and we will be with you straight away. I must find him. My papers are inside the pocket of my coat and neither Delivert or Massol must find them as they will provide them with information that will doom me. But what is this ahead? A small outbuilding of sorts. He must be taking refuge in there. <laughs> Blue pen indeed. And there he is. His back is turned. But I am sure that is the man. Yet, who is he? Certainly not Arsène Lupin. <laughs> How could he be? Who's there? I am armed, come no further. Listen, uh, my good fellow. You are to deliver over to me immediately my pocketbook and the lady's jewels. Am I? Why would I do that? For your freedom. I will save you from the police and enroll you amongst my friends. Your friends? Who are you to be so important that I'd want that? Why, I am none other than Arsène Lupin, of course. Show yourself. And you are Pierre Onfray, the assassin of Rue Lafontaine at Optuyel. Pierre Onfray, who had cut the throats of Madame Delbois and her two daughters. To think, I can be the one who catches the infamous Arsène Lupin. They may even reduce your sentence when they catch you. <laughs> one must never engage in a fight with a man trained in the art of jiu-jitsu. A simple blow to the cartoid artery incapacitates your adversary. If only you'd taken my offer, Enfray. Oh, well then, I must search you now for my documents before my two accolades come from the report of the gun. And now, I will depart to my intended destination, but not without first leaving a little something for the other parties involved in today's grand adventure. Ah, what fun this has been! Thank you, sir for the unexpected adventure.
He did what? He left both Masol and I a banknote of a hundred francs each, pinned to the unconscious man's body, thanking us for our help in this capture. Madame Renault trusted him, and look what he did! He returned her purse, but it was devoid of her jewels and trinkets. The nerve! Who does he think he is? Well, Arsène Lupin. Ah, Detective Ganimard. You have arrived too late. Lupin has once more slipped on net. I'm sorry for your trouble in coming out at this late hour. I have not slept a full night ever since Lupin escaped the Sample. Nor shall I until he's back there once and for all. You truly believe he will let himself be caught? Let? Never. Unless it works into some plan of his. But even the most talented criminal eventually makes a mistake. Trust me on that, gentlemen. And when Lupin does, it may be tomorrow or in 20 years, I shall be there to see it. You seem almost amused by his escapades, despite the fact that it is you who he's constantly thumbing his nose at. Well, he is a master at what he does. That much cannot be denied. Yet, at the same time, he mocks us by leaving us police money. It is both infuriating and... Gentlemanly? And let's not forget, he helped us capture the murderer on free. I'd say that's a bigger collar than Lupin. Would you? Yeah? Well, then you can fill out the paperwork about how we let him slip through our hands. Yes, sir. We'd be honored. Uh, honored? To do paperwork? It's not every day one gets to say they worked side by side with Arsène Lupin. Ganimard? Hmm? There is something that bothers me about all this. Which is what? Where would he, Lupin, be going? The train line ends here. There's nothing out this way except some old manor home, owned by, by once powerful families now selling off their lands by the parcel to satisfy the banks. Oh. Well, I think I may have an idea. Arsène Lupin once more escapes by the skin of his teeth, leaving his pursuers bewitched by his magnetism and charm. Yet one question above all hangs in the air. Where is he headed? As the curtain draws to a close here, Arsène Lupin travels on to parts unknown, using his gifts of deception to find his next target. Perhaps you, dear listener, will meet him on your travels as well, and be able to bring him to justice. Until next time, this is the JVTC Radio Half Hour, signing off on The Extraordinary Adventures of Arsène Lupin. The Extraordinary Adventures of Arsène Lupin, The Mysterious Traveler, was adapted by Jake Lewis and David Lipschutz, based on the short story by Maurice LeBlanc, edited and directed by Jake Lewis. This radio play featured the voice talents of Stephanie Wolfe as the announcer, Chelsea Cook as Madame Renault, Sven Weiberg as Berlat, Jake Lewis as Louis Renault, David Lee Hawks as Onfray, Juan Hernandez as the commissary, 
Jess Labby as Delavay, Deborah Elizabeth as Masol, and Mark O'Donnell as Detective Justin Ganimard. The theme song was composed by John Bartman, and all sound effects were located within the public domain. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast to be alerted when the next episode becomes available. Find out more information at www.jakespearevtc.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.